This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. Hey, Doug. Hi, Jenny. Today on Citizen Tacoma, we talk to Catherine Ushka, who's running for Tacoma City Council, position four, representing the east side. She's a sharp cookie. She is. It was a really great conversation. She has a really good speaking voice, too. Yes, she does. Yeah, we all learned a lot about uh, the issues facing the east side and some of the good things coming in the future. That's right. And some nice things about Marty, too. Yeah. Who, who, who would proceed her? Good old she Marty Campbell. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. Thank you. We start all of these interviews with uh, your Tacoma story. How long have you been here? What brought you to Tacoma? Where do you live? All of that. Okay, great. Um, my Tacoma story is that I've been here for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I first, I've actually been in Tacoma for about 20 years, forgive me. I moved into my house on the east side in, about 17 years ago when the landlord was going to increase the rent because they weren't paying for cable anymore. So if we were going to pay 450 for a two-bedroom, we might as well buy a house. <laughs> Gives you a concept of the well, changes in the market value. for a two-bedroom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it was expensive, it seemed like. Um, so I have a house on a little dirt road on East Tacoma, was looking over some farming communities or some uh, uh, pastors that are now new housing developments. Mm. Um, I've got a great view of the mountain, and I've got quiet neighbors, so I love it there. Um, I love Tacoma, and I love the east side and the south end, the 4th District. That's why I'm running for, for this office. Um, let me see. Right after I moved my last, my, the last box into my first house, that's mm-hmm. when I got recalled uh, to active duty after mm-hmm. 9-11. And the fun thing was that my mother-in-law got to unpack my uh, house, <laughs> and she's quite a bit shorter than I am. So I oh. spent a long time kind of unpacking my house and thinking through, where would she have put the whisk? <laughs> um, and when I came back, also I got involved. There was uh, I live right off of Pipeline Drive, and there used to be a lot of uh, burned-out cars and mm, stolen yeah. cars and police activity, well, or activity that needed the police, I should say. Um, And one day on the way to school, my daughter said, how come I have to drive past burned out cars on the way to school and other kids don't? (laughs) So I went to city council and I asked them that. And I don't know what powers that be, but I went to dinner afterwards. And by the time I came home, there were like four tow trucks removing vehicles because there really were four to six vehicles there. Um, And that was the beginning of my full-fledged engagement in Tacoma, although I had been engaged in other ways already. Um, and I joined the Neighborhood Council, uh, where I served for about five years, both as president and vice president. Um, and then during that time, uh, I kind of became the de facto liaison to Tacoma Public Schools. Mm. Uh, now, if you go to a Neighborhood Council, you'll find a member of the school district there, just like you will for police and fire. Mm. And the city of Tacoma, for instance, um, as representatives to those councils, but there wasn't one then. So I was the person that showed up at every school board meeting. And so, uh, and I was part of the school consolidation committee. I don't know if you remember, probably 06 or so. Mm. It was when uh, Dr. Milligan was the interim. Um, 
and the recommendations of that council were completely disregarded, and they closed Galt Middle School as well as uh, what was McLevay mm-hmm. and created First Creek. Uh, and I decided to run for school board uh, yeah. for that and a lot of other reasons. Uh, we were facing, you know, $58 million in debt. We were uh, in the recession. Um, I wanted to make sure that um, the district didn't use hard times as a good excuse to not take care of the students that needed it the most. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty excited about the role that I've played there. I'm currently the president of the Chicago School Board. Uh, I've been elected twice citywide. Mm. Um, so those are, uh, just so that you know, as a school board member, you represent the entire district, not just right. a councilmatic area. Um, we've done things like increase the graduation rates from 50%. We were known as a dropout factory by Time Magazine to 85 to 86%. We're now known as a national leader in urban education, um, which is fantastic. It's amazing. It's It's been an incredible thing to be a part of. Our partnerships have grown, you know, a hundredfold. Uh, and there's still a lot of work to do. But as I look at what's happening uh, nationwide and even statewide, um, I know that uh, my neighbors in the 4th District are most at risk of tremendous change. Mm. And um, I want the opportunity to primarily advocate for my neighborhood. And so those are part of the reasons why I'm running for office as well. But that's the nutshell of my Tacoma Mm. story. How would you say, in particular, your school board experiences have prepared you for city council? Oh, I think that's a really good question. Ultimately, I've been elected for the last eight years in a citywide position. Uh, People tend to not realize that it is about a half a billion dollar organization. Mm. So it's a budget comparable to the city of Tacoma. Um, So that budget management experience is relevant. Um, We've certainly, you know, schools build buildings too. So I have a a bizarre knowledge, amount (laughs) of knowledge about the building process. I worked to make sure that we had equity of finishes in schools. Mm. And let me just explain that for a little bit. Uh, In the fourth district, we sometimes feel left behind because post-recession we were. We saw a lot of disinvestment, and historically there's been underinvestment, which is not unusual for an urban area such as ours nationwide. We're not unique in the world, but it doesn't make it any less Mm -hmm. um, of a challenge to manage. Um, So I made sure that the—and worked with the district to create an equity formula in building structures Hmm. so that when you go to a school in the north end, it should be just as beautiful as the school that you go to on the east side. So if you haven't had a chance to tour the new store at this point, you should please take a chance to do that. Um, I have to interrupt you about that, though, because my children go to Lowell, which is falling uh, down all around itself and leaks and the librarians have to move things away from the windows and that is right smack in the middle of the north end and I hear we're not getting anything (laughs) improved for like 12 years or something like that. So So (laughs) Lowell in particular, the Lowell community has largely wanted to preserve that building. Um, I understand because my children went there in grade school. So uh, I had moved from a north end apartment and that was where their peer group was. but I hear you. It's it's yeah. uh, uh, the traditional cinder block. It's actually <laughs> historic in nature. Uh, yeah, it's, for that reason, it's, it's cute if you're into mid-century modern, <laughs> but uh, without any upkeep. <laughs> Correct. Um, I'm sure that it is on the bond schedule. I can't tell you exactly yeah. where it is off the top of my head. But when it does get rebuilt, it would be built with um, uh, as much excellence as any other school that's been yeah. built in the last decade. Um, 
So I've also, uh, getting me to talk about Tacoma schools in the last eight years of my life is a really big question, Jenny, so I mm-hmm. want to forewarn you of that. <laughs> um, but I've also get, gotten to know like every neighborhood in Tacoma. Um, yeah. Running for those offices, I've probably doorbelled every street in Tacoma. Right. Um, so I have a good sense of where people are, where they work, uh, what the challenges are neighborhood by neighborhood, mm-hmm. and how things um, compare across the city. Yeah. You touched on this a bit, but I kind of like to ask it directly. Why did you decide to run? What was the impetus? I decided to run for city council because I wanted to advocate for the 4th District. Yeah. Um, as somebody who's lived there for 17 years, I have a really good sense of the kind of three steps forward and two steps back experiences that we've had. Mm. Um, we are in a place where there has been increased investment, and we're in a place where we could move to four steps, even five steps. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, being able to bo- build relationships and collaborations that have effective evol- results are going to be important. Um, it's going to be important that whoever serves in this office understands all the different neighborhoods and communities and challenges and can articulate that with the right people at the right time to make sure that not only don't we lose out, but that we get ahead. Yeah. Um, and I believe I'm that person, and that's why I'm running. Hmm. What itch- issues do you see as the most important facing the east side? For the east side, the number one has to be public safety. Um, We also have issues with transportation and roads and affordable housing and jobs and economic development. They're all important. And because I'm coming from schools, I'm always going to say great schools are important. And they really are. Um, Public safety, you know, in the last last budget uh, or two budgets ago, I believe, the police uh, budget was cut. And the impact is not something that you see right away. Our police work really hard. I don't think that you'll see better partnerships between the police and the community than you will in District 4. Yeah. Um, our CLOs are tremendous people. Mm-hmm. Um, things like the 311 app and multiple Facebook pages allow for great connectivity. Um, but we're working all the time on the weekends and in our spare time to make sure that we have a quality of life that's a norm in other places in the city. Right. Um, and I'd like us to be in a place, and I think my neighbors would too, where, you know, on Saturdays, instead of doing a cleanup, we can be coaching soccer or reading to our grandchildren or something right. else. And, and we're not there yet. Um, so public safety, uh, we've seen it. Uh, it's a far cry better than it was a decade ago. A yeah. decade ago, if you were to take a walk from my house at 10 o'clock at night, it, it's scary within a block. Yeah. Um, and it's not that now. As I, as I doorbell, I can see neighborhood by neighborhood where there's uh, – you can see physical improvements. You know, it's a cleaner place. People are more active in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you go further south towards the county line, uh, you can see it coming back, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. There's not as many patrols because they don't have the the – police to do it yeah. um, in any district in the city of Tacoma, um, any sector, police sector, there's three police on duty at any time. Yeah. It's below the national av- average and it's a challenge. So partnering with our police to make sure that they can fill those spots, not just budget-wise, but recruitment-wise, mm-hmm. is going to be a big deal. Again, yeah. 17 years ago, if they posted a job for a police officer, there would be 900 applicants at the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. And that's not what happens anymore. So attracting and retaining people that are going to be quality people in those positions in our neighborhoods are important too. Mm. That's an issue I'm familiar with. My sister is a police officer in Tacoma, mm. so I've I've heard about the challenges to uh, recruit the caliber of officers that they were able to recruit easily. You know, she's been an officer for 10, 12 years or something and it was her first job out of college and they're not necessarily getting the same kinds of recruits as they were 
10 years ago even. So. Yeah, please thank her for my thank her for me for <laughs> her service. I thank her all the <laughs> yes. time. I I think the majority of cops are dedicated public servants for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, what are you hearing as you doorbell in your district? What are people telling you? Who are you talking to? So I have uh, made contacts with over seven thousand times at this point, according to my seven thousand. Wow. Uh huh. And so I'm I'm really two two to three times through my district. Wow. Um, I've seen people plant flowers. I've seen them bloom, and now I'm seeing them fade away yeah. as people get ready for the fall. So that's exciting. Um, <laughs> they see you on your porch for the third time. They're like, yeah. Hey, I'm still voting for you. Yeah, exactly. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> how are you? Um, and, and that's nice. And there's a lot of people that I already know. Uh, people are concerned about uh, public safety. People are concerned about traffic. Um, and this is going to sound funny, but I was excited that people are concerned about traffic yeah. because you have to be at a place of uh, greater stability mm-hmm. to be thinking about traffic. And, and it's there, there's some horrible traffic problems in terms of Thompson and Yakima and some of the other kind of throughway roads yeah. that need to be that way for uh, fire access. Um, mm-hmm. But as uh, housing grows around Tacoma and people find alternate routes through the city, um, it's a challenge and it's somewhat dangerous. So I want to make sure we address those. Uh, public safety is one. Uh, an interesting thing that's come up is you may or may not know that during the recession, um, as far as uh, houses that went under, uh, the 4th District was the highest in Pierce County. Hmm. Um, and so paying attention to, to vacant houses and what happens to them and how quickly they can turn yeah. is an issue. I've come to a number of neighbors who have houses next to them where seniors passed away and the bank took them over. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard then for the bank to go through the process of, um, I don't know, restoring it to somebody. And I don't know the process at this point. Um, I can tell you in one place where squatters came in and lived there, uh, you know, of course the neighbors are dealing with how do you get the police there and the uh, drug paraphernalia and whatnot. Mm -hmm. In one case, the house was later set on fire, um, thankfully during the day so that people caught it. Um, It could have Mm. been a very dangerous thing. So there's issues like that. Yeah. Um, it seems, you know, every candidate that comes on seems to talk about our uh, housing shortage. Um, but it sounds like in your district, particularly, there's a lot of empty houses. And it would seem that we could come up with some kind of solution to pair derelict housing with, you know, young upstarts that are looking for a new home that they want to improve. I think there's a couple great possibilities there. Yeah. You know, I think programs to look look at include things like we've seen in urban environments. I grew up in Connecticut, so I'm going to yeah. reference Connecticut. Um, when Bridgeport was revitalized, uh, the city purchased a lot of derelict properties and then helped create affordable housing for needed employment centers mm-hmm. like the hospital. Yeah, um, I think that's a possibility. Um, I also think that we just head on need to work uh, face-to-face with our legislators in Olympia and find out what exactly the regulations are that are keeping those properties from turning. Right. Um, And historically in Tacoma, THA and the city have purchased properties and restored them and made them into homes. Yeah. Um, So it's possible. I think it's a matter of funding them. Um, yeah. as with everything in in, uh, in government. Yeah, exactly. And so and being careful that we do that in a way that doesn't unintentionally further strap people that are already at their limits. Right. I remember hearing about a program, I think it was in Detroit, where they the city bought up all these derelict houses and sold them to people for like a dollar or something if, if you had the means to fix it up and the drive and the desire. 
and I, I don't I know that's not necessarily the population that is needs houses, but maybe that's I don't know. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think the challenge is too is that there's a whole question of the exchange of value, right? Yeah. The bank owns the property, the property holds a value. I doubt that they're going to that's sell right. it to the city for a dollar. <laughs> they're not right. And so how do we make that happen? I mean, ideally, uh, when we look at, I'm going to call it kind of a stagnating market, even though that's not true because everything turns so fast. Um, when I bought my house 17 years ago, it was certainly an entry-level house, right? Yeah. Um, it was my five to eight-year house. And uh, <laughs> now that my kids are moving on, it's plenty of space again. So yeah. um, so that's fine. But the challenge is, is that since I never moved out of that house, the next person who needed an entry-level house doesn't have access to it, right? Right. So we have to be really thoughtful when we're planning development in Tacoma that it's uh, uh, that it's strategic and it's city and county wide and it's thought for where are people going to live mm-hmm. and how are they going to get from plant, uh, place A to place B. Yeah. Um, I listened to one of your earlier podcasts and heard that you uh, commute to King County. I do. <laughs> uh, as does the majority of people in District Four. Yeah. And it's and it's a challenge if you don't have a car or if you're um, relying on public transportation. There are some huge gaps. Yeah. Um, so those those things both have to come together to make it work. It's true. And I shouldn't whine about sitting in traffic. I have the luxury of being in a vehicle that is my own. <laughs> if I had to get to where I needed to go on public transportation, it would be impossible. So, You know, um, about a week ago, I was at a meeting in Fife, which is about eight minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And Google told me that it would take an hour and 50 minutes to get home Great. at 3.30 yeah. on a Friday. I think yep. it's okay if you complain about it. commute. We need to find solutions. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. What did you do? You think that Marty Campbell, the person that held your held your seat previously, did well, and what might you do differently? Okay. Well, uh, Councilman Campbell has some pretty big shoes to fill. Definitely. Um, A little known fact about Marty is, uh, for one, he was really a strong advocate for the 311 system, Mm -hmm. which for all of our neighbors makes it a lot easier to report anything, which means it's a lot easier to get anything done. Yeah. reporting is the first place, and then you can track it from there um, if you're not familiar with the app. But he literally in his free time drives around and takes pictures of things like couches sitting on the curb and... um, uh, crime and or grime that's been I said grime dumped garbage <laughs> yeah. um, that's been there and reports it, and I can literally drive from four to uh, five, and see the the difference in the yeah. quality of neighborhoods. It's the broken window theory, right? Um, so there's that, which is just a, a thing, um, but it's been an important thing. Uh, Marty also did things like um, a few years back there was a huge issue with metal theft, mm. and. Uh, you know, so street lights were being stripped every night, things like that. Um, and it's a challenge. You couldn't leave your lawnmower out because the metal scrappers would come, guy, come by and take your lawnmower. Um, and he worked on a legislation or ordinance that went direct with the metal buyers so that they would not make purchases from people who had felonies for metal mm. theft anymore. Um, and that made a big change. He also re- more recently worked on um, closing all-night massage parlors which has had a positive and important effect on human trafficking in our area. Mm -hmm. Um, So these things are important. We also see investment like what's happening in the Lincoln District. Marty was no small part of that. Um, He's part of the partnership that I'm also in, along with uh, THA and the schools in the city and Metro Parks and the Billy Ray Foundation for the community center going on on in front of First Creek, which is an over 50,000 square foot community center that's going to be a game changer for this community. 
uh, for generations to come. Kids are going to grow up knowing that there's a place that they can go, and that's never happened before on the east side. We also yeah. have things like, I just have to say one more okay. thing, permits for Starbucks on, <laughs> on uh, Pacific Ave and near the Lincoln District, which is exciting because we haven't normally had coffee shops. So Marty's done some great things, but there's a lot of great things that still need to be done. Yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but That's I wanted – I had listed on my questions earlier. I, after reading your um, campaign literature, I was hoping that you could tell us some more about the Eastside Community Center because I don't think people realize how awesome that's going to be. Um, the Eastside Community you're Center – you're on the board or something, right? Pardon me? You're on a – you serve in a – on the board. I serve on the executive team and also on the marketing team for the Eastside right, Community so you know Center project. Please tell us. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to go back. I think it's five years, but it might be seven um, Marty and I and Ryan Mello were hosting a candidates forum at Portland Avenue Community Center. And this woman came in and told the story about losing her son to gun violence and she how says. his dream was to have a community center so that kids would have a place to go. And that, in fact, is Alicia Hayes. And she is the founder and CEO of the Billy Ray Foundation. That's mm -hmm. one of the partners. Um, and so I have great admiration for her, and I want to make sure that that's evident. Um, that concept has been building, and partnerships have been growing with uh, very few idle hands all around the table, from the city, the schools, the parks, the Billy Ray Foundation, Tacoma Housing Authority, the Boys and Girls Club, and many others. And really within seven years, we're putting, you know, the ground is being... Uh, the ground has been moved already. The pool has mm -hmm. been dug. The foundation is being poured wow. for an over 50,000 square foot community center that will serve that community. Um, on the school district side, it is in front of First Creek. And we um, did an unheard of partnership where we did a land swap between the land uh, at the zoo where the Sammy slash educational center is being built, which will mm -hmm. also be a beautiful facility that will have community access and public use outside of school hours. Um, and, and so there it is. We've been from uh, Tacoma to Olympia to Washington, D.C. as a team telling this story. And, uh, you know, it's Tacoma. It's what we do. Mm. Um, I've always had this mentality that uh, I want my tax dollar to be leveraged to the greatest outcome. Mm. Um, and in Tacoma, we're doing that. We're combining our efforts to get the greatest value um, and positive impact on citizens' lives. So when we were at, you know, HUD or the Department of Education or any place else, people's jaws just dropped and said, well, how come other cities don't do this? And, and I can't tell you why. why. I can tell yeah. you that we're Tacoma and we roll up our sleeves and we might not agree when we get started, but we find out what our common objectives are and we keep working until we get there. Um, that's an exciting thing to be part of. Yeah. And it's that kind of collaboration and... Um, vision and innovation that I want to bring to City Hall, that's how we're going to make real change in District 4 and across the city. Hmm. What What's the community center going to have? I mean, a pool, obviously. <laughs> I believe it's going to be have the... I, I didn't bring my cheat sheet of all yeah. the assets it's going to have. It has a teaching kitchen, and it will also leverage the kitchen at First Creek for larger events that need a commercial kitchen. Um, it will have so a cool. music studio. Yeah. It will, of course, have a gym with a walking path above it. Um, it will have, uh, I think, the largest aquatic center that there is. And if I said that already, I apologize. <laughs> I'm clearly excited about it. Yeah. Um, it will have a coffee shop. It will have community spaces that can be rented. So if you live in District 4 or any place in the city and you want a beautiful place 
overlooking um, wetlands where you could have a wedding or a celebration or maybe a dinner to celebrate the volunteers in your neighborhood that make life worthwhile, there's Mm -hmm. a place we can do that now. Um, So, and I'm sure that there's a myriad of other things that I'm missing. The Boys and Girls Club will be housed there. So, uh, you know, I talked about the losses that we had and one was the loss of the Eastside Boys and Girls Club. Um, And so that's being restored fully there. and I know that uh, there's a, lots of other programs there as well. Uh, we're trying to make sure that there's uh, so exciting. There's options for every generation, and also for that multi-generation and multi-cultural uh, interaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, the wealth of District Four is the diversity of the people that live there. Um, you may not know this, but the East Side was largely built as housing for people who worked in the Port of Tacoma, mm. and it's always been a first po- stop for different immigrant popu- populations. So we've always had great diversity. So, uh, but we've never had a place where we could all connect. Yeah. Uh, so it's a place. That's super exciting. And what's yeah. the timeline on that? You know, I should have this ingrained in my head. We're doing a celebration of the ground moving and building starting on uh, September 23rd, I believe. And I believe it's supposed to be open by next fall. Wow, that's um, incredible. Yeah, it's very incredible. Yeah. That's super exciting. Well, thank you for all of your work on that. You're welcome. Well, we've made it to the fun question portion. (laughs) You have thoroughly answered all of the hard questions. Um, I always like to ask, what's your favorite bar, restaurant? What's your local? What's your hangout? Where do you like to go? You know, um, I go a a lot because I don't have much time to cook these days. And in uh, the 4th District, you have lots of options. So many good options in the 4th District. If you're looking for something fancy and you want a view of the port, go to Stanley and Seifert's. Mm -hmm. Um, They have uh, some of the best martinis and they also have some of the best creme brulee. They also have really good French onion soup. Oh, I didn't know that. Good That's happy hour, too. Know. Good happy hour. Don't order it on a date, though, because then you got it's too cheesy and messy. Okay. It's got to anyway. be <laughs> a 10th or 15th date. Yes, exactly. Good to know. Um, and many people know about the top of Tacoma. They yes, have probably yes, the best brunch course. in the city. And Taco Tuesday. And Taco Tuesday. Or is it Thursday? About that. Is I don't it know, Tuesday actually. or Thursday? I think it's Thursday. Sorry, we'll I'm put it really in the sure. show notes. Yeah. <laughs> the best nachos in town yeah. now, for sure. Yeah, we have Viet Dong that is a great mm-hmm. Vietnamese restaurant. Um, I swear that their wonton soup is what cures me if I have a cold coming on. Yep. And that's a reliable thing. We have Uncle Therm's, which is great soul food. Only place on the West Coast that I know that I can get grits and scrapple. Mm. Um, and Therm's a really nice guy, too. Uh, we have a variety of uh, Spanish restaurants from Antojos and Viva mm. La Vida. Mm-hmm. Uh, to um, Josephine's, which is yeah. uh, Josephine's has a, I want to say it's shrimp Diablo or something like that. That's just a die for. Um, so we could go on and on. If you're looking for a place to watch the game, Billy B's down on 56 is a great place to hang out. Yep. Um, we're full of options. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Do you have any pets? I do. Um, currently, I have a cat. Um, I was really—I thought it was really smart when I first bought my house and got back from the service, and that I um, decided that I should get two dogs and a cat all at one time, right? Because they would all last about the length of my kids being in school. So the sad part is, is that um, they've passed on very recently, yeah. and my kids have graduated high school, and so now I have this one cat. It was very feisty, and I love very much, and I'm resisting getting another dog for at least two years. Yes, yes. Uh, what's your cat's name? 
um, charcoal, and I can't remember why. <laughs> I can tell you that, that, that there was char and coal, and it was a negotiation between my two children and the ideas that they had. And somehow oh. we made a word that we agreed on. I got you. But he's a cat, so, you know, you call him Kitty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, what is the most interesting thing that's happened to you while doorbelling? The most interesting thing that's happened to me while doorbelling, I'm going to tell you two stories. Oh, good. One that delighted me and one that <laughs> not so much, okay? okay. Um, do you want the delight first or the not so much first? Um, Why don't I start with the not so much? Okay. okay. So um, I was doorbelling with a, with a partner, and we were down. I'm not going to say where it was specifically because I don't want to discolor yeah. anything. Yeah. But um, the person I was working with was walking back down the street towards me, and they're gesturing, turn around, turn around, turn around. And I'm, you know, I'm on a mission. It's 90 yeah. degrees, and it's in the middle of, I don't know, June or April or May yeah. or whatever. And um, I'm going to finish my list, gosh darn it. And they're, turn around, turn around, turn around. And they had apparently walked into a drug deal. Oh, dear. And um, the thing that was really uncomfortable about this is that they got out of the drug deal conveniently by handing off my campaign literature on which I list my home address and my home phone number because <laughs> I believe accessibility is important. So we had to wait until much later that day to come back and finish the rest of that doorbelling pack. So <laughs> that was startling. Yeah. Um, the second one, it was actually Memorial Day weekend and I was doorbelling. And a gentleman, an older gentleman, opened the door, and he was clearly uh, former military. Um, he was Army. I was Navy, right? So mm -hmm. we had discussions. And uh, we had a nice talk, and he said, oh, I've got something for you. And he came over, and he brought me this pen, and he said, they spelled Army wrong. This is for you. And, <laughs> and it was a pen that said Navy. <laughs> so I keep that on my desk whenever I'm doing campaign work That's to remember. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing these doorbelling stories because, you know, Tacoma is full of such interesting characters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you get to meet so many of them on your journeys. You reminded me, though, of a question because in the uh, uh, booklet for the primary, whatever we call that thing, um, you put your home, your cell phone number in your bio, and I just wondered if how'd that go. <laughs> so this is the third time I'm running for office. Anyone when I was on neighborhood council, my phone number is two five three five seven nine three one two nine. If you have any questions for me or you have any concerns that you think I should know of as a candidate, please do reach out to me. It's wow. always worked out well. The worst thing that's ever happened is I got to help people solve issues. Nobody's ever called that you didn't. <laughs> want to talk to you <laughs> or do people you know, call you in the middle of the night or I I feel like you've put an amazing amount of trust in the characters of Tacoma I guess I would say don't put that middle of the night suggestion out there right oh dear. Um, but uh, <laughs> Sorry, no by and large Catherine. people are respectful and I mean if people call and they're upset I mean uh, I, I don't you can't do this work if people being upset is something that you can't manage. Yeah. People are upset because there's something that they care about that isn't working. Right. So you have to hear them out, right? Yeah. And frequently the people that are most upset are the ones that later become the greatest advocates. Yeah. And you must be a good resource. If you can't help them, you must know who can because all of your time in different offices and whatnot. I always do my darndest, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you read any good books lately, or what is your favorite book? Is there anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners? You know, recently I've not read any good books because I'm You're reading things busy. like the. <laughs> I, I, I work in communications, yeah. and so I'm doing. I'm reading um, 
state annual plans from the Board of Community and Technical <laughs> Colleges. Um, and that I'm, sounds riveting. Right. And I'm reading through the information for the uh, Safe Right Bikes to School plan and where mm. that's going and, and stuff like that. But um, I will tell you that uh, stuff I would recommend or stuff that changed my life to a certain extent. Mm. I'm trying to think back to this because I, I told you I listened to one of these before. <laughs> and what was important to me in reading um, was probably uh, Henry David Thoreau on Walden Pond. Um, mm. That and civil disobedience. Okay. Because um, that took me from a place of uh, kind of literature into philosophy and science and policy and what the individual action on the world can be and why it matters. Mm. Good answer, Catherine. Have you seen any good movies lately? I'm sure I have. We sneak out to 10 o'clock movies to to remember the break, and I'm not thinking of anything right now. I saw the new Wonder Woman. I was not nearly as impressed as I wanted to be. Really? You Um, didn't cry? I didn't cry. um, (laughs) And I thought, I I think that all the hype was people were so excited that there was a woman that was portrayed as a powerful woman. Yeah. And I think as a woman, I always saw her that way, so there wasn't much surprise. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really liked that movie, but as you say, it might be because usually superhero movies suck so hard. Like, they're so bad. The dialogue is bad. The story is bad. You feel insulted that you're sitting here watching that. In my opinion, <laughs> we always joke with my my husband. We'll go to those, and like ten minutes in, I'll be like, "Night," <laughs> we'll back in those stadium seats. Like, but I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I did cry. Um, do you have any unusual talents, or skills, or hobbies? Probably, um, I'd have to know what usual is to compare. <laughs> Um, I will tell you that I collect flutes and play. Ooh, um, but you're I have, a flautist? I'm a flautist. I have minimal formal <laughs> training. Um, my brothers played guitar, and um, I never got any lessons. So in college, I decided that I would choose something, um, and I'm afraid of singing in front of people. So you cannot sing and play the flute, so <laughs> I would cannot. never be asked. Um, and the other one is that um, I'm a secret poet. If you gave me a topic of any sort in 24 hours, I could give you a poem of one sort or of another. It used to be that I could do it on the spot, but I'm not as practiced. I won't make you do that, but I challenge you listeners to (laughs) challenge Catherine. You've got her phone number. I know. I'm going to call you on your phone number in the middle of the night and tell you to write me a poem. Um, And when I hear the message in the morning, I'll get right on it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I need a segue in which to tell people about when and how they can register to vote. And normally I ask people um, if they remember registering to vote or who they were first excited to vote for, but that doesn't seem to have been the easiest question for anyone. Um, I remember. You don't remember? I do remember. Oh, you do? Oh, tell me. Okay. <laughs> um, I registered to vote the day I was 18 in Norwalk, Connecticut, I believe. I've voted in every election since. It was relevant because I'm the only person in my in, in Connecticut. You have to register with the party hmm. to um, vote in the presidential primary, and I did register with the party, and I was the only one in my family to choose that party. And there was lots of heated dinner conversation about how I was wrong about who I thought I was. Um, oh. I'm still that person, and they've mm-hmm. come to accept me over time. Um, <laughs> The most exciting person that I voted, the first exciting person that I voted for, I think that I remember, um, was Bill Clinton. Mm. Um, and I lived in Kansas at the time, and I worked at a group home um, for people with disabilities. And um, 
Was that 92 then? It sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Seems like it would have been later. Must have been. Must have been. It was his first run. But the thing that was exciting is he was getting on, um, gosh, MTV. I was going to yeah. say, what was that music? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was but, like but the was, first cool president. He was the first cool president. And he actually <laughs> engaged people. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was really important for, for my generation and the generations mm-hmm. to follow. Certainly, yep. um, he started something that every candidate since has tried to match. Yep. Um, and some have and some haven't. Um, and I've been yeah. excited about lots and lots of different mm-hmm. um, local candidates. I believe in local elections because the big stuff doesn't matter if you haven't taken care of the little stuff. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I think I'm just a little bit younger than you, and my answer is also Bill Clinton. But oh. It was in '96. Oh, okay. And I, I, I just remember that being super significant to me, and so yeah. I've been surprised when I've tried to ask people and they don't, they don't remember. But huh. the whole point is. I like to tell people that October 9th is the last day to register to vote in the general election. And you can do that by going to co.pierce.wa.us in person at the election center or by calling 798-7427. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Can you send us on home with a, a pitch for why the citizens of District 4 should vote for you? Well, first, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I am running for this district because I love District 4. I've lived there for 17 years. I want to make sure that we get ahead, whether it be economic development, affordable housing, um, solving our food crisis and our food desert, uh, making sure that our roads are in fact paved where they need to be paved and that they're safe. It's about making sure that we have a quality of life, that we can take the time to coach a soccer team or Mm. read to our grandchildren or learn from our neighbors about what their cultural cooking skills might be. Um, And that's where I want to get us to. And so um, I would ask everybody in District 4 to please consider uh, voting for me. And if you have any questions, again, reach out to me. Um, And uh, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.